Hey, good evening. Good evening. What's up, everybody? Um, I want to talk about how to cope with having an incarcerated loved one. And uh, before I even get started, I want to start off by saying thank you to our whole entire village. Thank you so much to my family and my close friends for wrapping your loving arms around us and supporting us during this time. Um, this uh, experience for me has been really, really weird. It has been um, complicated at times, uh, sad at times, and this might sound weird, but comforting at times. Um, and in the beginning of this, I honestly did not think I would be able to cope with this mentally. Um... It wasn't nothing really new to me because I've had, you know, family members incarcerated or whatever, but it kind of hit different, you know, when it's someone extremely close to you, uh, like your child. And um, I have beat myself over the head like so much during this time, you know, just trying to figure out. You know, where did I go wrong? Um, and just kind of blame myself for everything. Like, it was just such a dark, dark time, um, you know, in the, beginning of, in the beginning of this process. And how I dealt with um, my loved one being incarcerated is, uh, number one, as the person on the outside, no matter how bad the situation looks, no matter how bad the situation is, you got to go ahead and get that pissivity, being pissed off or being mad at them. You got to go ahead and get that out of your system because being pissed off at them, being mad at them, holding grudges, abandoning them, that is not going to help the situation. And my outlook on this is it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what they did. What matter is they are now paying their debts to society. And, you know, as a family member, I don't think it's good that um, we punish them more. If, if that makes sense. I mean, they're already incarcerated, paying their debts to society. Um, and then the people they lean and depend on for love and for support, then we also punishing them again. I think that's the wrong thing to do. So first of all, you got to get that, get all of the, the get all the pissed off, get, get all the pissivity, as I call it. Get it out your system. It may take you some months, but that's okay. Get it out your system. 
Get it off your shoulder. Okay? And you got to go in deep prayer. And you got to stay prayed up. You got to pray for your sanity. And you got to pray for the sanity of your loved one. You got to cover them in prayer. You got to say their name. You got to pray for them extra hard. Okay? But you got to pray for yourself in the process. So we're going to get all the negativity out of our system. We're going to cover the entire family and the person that's incarcerated. We're going to cover them in prayer. The third thing is, there has to be a level of understanding on both sides. As the person, um, the person that's incarcerated has to understand that the people on the outside, we can't answer the phone all the time. We can't send money all the time. We can't buy packages all the time. We can't add minutes to phones, phone cards all the time. It's a lot of things that the people on the outside, because we are actually like living a real life out here. And we'll not be accessible and available to do things every single time that the person that's incarcerated wants us to do them. But you do your best to support, and they have to understand that. And what we have to understand is we're their only like lifeline to support and to love, you know, to the outside world that they can depend on. Um, so we have to understand it from that standpoint as well. So a level of understanding has to take place between the two. Okay. And um, this situation was so hard and it was so weird for me because <clears throat> my brother was just being released from prison. And right after he was being released, in the process of being released, my son got into some trouble. So it was almost like they bypassed each other. And it was just like a double dagger. Like, and I was so hurt. And I was so confused and I was so, I was so angry. And then in the same token, I was so scared. I was so nervous. I was so outside of myself. Like I can't even really put it into words. And that's why I said I cannot take credit for nothing because the support and the love that I had in those beginning stages and still got right now is what helped me to get stronger mentally and physically is what helped me to be more understanding. Um, so I, I just have to get, I have to give credit to people that sincerely loved on us like no other. Now for some people, it was very, very hard for them to deal with. And for some people, we were like, okay, we in it. Let's deal with it. You know, let's do our best to cope with this and get this over with. And I just can't put into words how grateful and how thankful I am. So, and, and before I end this podcast, um, you know, I have to call a few people by name. Um, that has truly um, been there for 
my son from start all the way up until now. Okay? Because like I said, it's not over. But um, I just had somebody to, they in the beginning stages. Um, they are not doing well with this. And they said they didn't know how to approach me or didn't know how to ask ask me. But for months now, they just been wanting to talk to me. And just to get some tips and some pointers on, um, you know, how to deal with this. And, and this is the advice that I gave to them. Like, I mean, right now, as a family member, the only thing you can do is love them, support them, be a listening ear, try not to be so judgmental. You know, you just got to be there for them. Because being mad at them and you still trying to wonder why, baby, it's over. The trial is over. The sentencing have begun. Paperwork has been signed. So all the why, when, and what, it doesn't matter anymore. Now you got to pray for this person's safety. You got to love on this person. You got to communicate with this person. You got to write this person letters. You know, depending on where they are, try to go and visit. Um, you know, and, and try to make sure they are, um, they try to make sure they have what they need. Because the last thing you want them to be doing is borrowing and all that barter and trade. You don't want, you don't want that to happen. You know, and like I said, all the times you're not going to be able to do it, but try to do what you can when you can. Okay, and for the, the person that's incarcerated, they got to be understanding as well. You cannot get mad, you know what I'm saying, when things are going, when things are going your favor. So it just, it, it's, a, it's a, to me, my personal opinion, it's a two-way street in every aspect of coping with a loved one that's incarcerated. It's a two-way street. Because, baby, I have went... I have clicked off like a light bulb. Not giving a fuck about his situation. I, not, I have clicked off. And so have he. But see, once we got to that level of understanding, you know, it kind of helped us to, like the, our communication got better. Um, You know, and I... I you know, just got, I, I, now that I understand, you know, how things work, how things operate. And see, I, I understand that because he communicated that to me. You know, so I had to I open my mind, open myself up to understand what he was going through, you know, so I can understand when he start acting a certain way, I automatically know something is wrong. Like I know when he's having a good day. I know when he's having a bad I just know these things. I mean, but that's because... I loved and I supported. I mean, I had to suck it up. I had to deal with it. I was ashamed in the beginning. I felt like a failure. I blamed myself. Like all, it, it was so many things going through my mind in the beginning. And that's going to happen. But it's only one thing that we, especially we as black people, 
we cannot abandon our loved ones when they are incarcerated. And I'm not glorifying, justifying, minimizing, wrongdoing, committing crimes. I'm not doing none of that. What I'm saying is, okay, it happened. Well, you, but the one thing we cannot do is abandon our loved ones. You got to show them that you are still there for them, but you are not a pushover. You know, you don't have no sympathy, but you are there for them. And I think that helps them to try and go ahead and get that time over with. You know, but if they're sitting in there with nobody, with nothing, you know, no phone calls, no letters, no visitations, no money, no nothing. I mean, that would drive a person crazy. So um, I was just sitting here thinking about that and how far I have come. Because I'm telling y'all mentally, I didn't think I, I didn't think I was going to make it through this. Sometimes I'd be like, I think I had a nervous breakdown, but I don't know if I had a nervous breakdown because I was just in a daze. I was in disbelief. I was in disbelief. I, I, I was in utter disbelief. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, all is well. Um, God is still good. God is still blessing. Um, and and I and I believe this is and it's gonna stay that way. So just remember, please don't abandon your loved ones. Um, be there for them as best as you can. Um, and always show appreciation to the village of people, whether it's your family, your friends, your coworkers, anybody you know that's constantly praying for you, anybody that's constantly supporting, whether it be monetary or. Just whatever, just just think your support. Just always be thankful for your support your support system. Um, the first person that I would definitely have to thank God for is uh, Fat Boy. First of all. Before my son even, you know, got in trouble or whatever, um, Fat Boy supported him. Fat Boy took care of him. I mean, just like the best stepdad ever. You know, their relationship in the beginning, uh, of course, Simeon was a teenager, so it was a little rocky. Because, you know, our teenagers hot-headed. You know, they don't damn listen. I mean, especially a, a, a male teenager. So in the beginning of our relationship, their relationship wasn't as solid as it is now. But their relationship, I mean, even before he got in trouble, they had a really, really, really strong, strong bond. And even um, when my son got in trouble, you know, his stepdad never turned his back on him. His stepdad made sure he had the best uh, lawyer in town. Um, he was at every court date, every court appearance. Whatever it was that he felt like needed to be done or needed to be said on uh, our son's behalf, he did that. 
So big, 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 big shout outs to you, fat boy. Um, Josh. Um, I'm just so grateful and I'm so thankful um, for you. For the love that you have always shown toward, you know, toward our son. So I, I have to thank you first. Um, and uh, secondly, I would have to thank uh, my brother who have... Like, this is my son's best friend. I always have been his best friend. Hell, they damn near identical twins. But my son has never called my brother for nothing that my brother didn't deliver. And I mean from start to finish. So, um, like, it's just certain people I have to call. And, and those those two guys in particular, um, so grateful for them. And, you know... I just, I know I don't have to do this because they just feel like, I mean, you know, this, they, we family, but I just have to call their names. I just have to tell them thank you and let them know how much, you know, I love and appreciate them. I, I really do. Um, and I don't get along with them too all the time, but when it comes to this situation, I just pray that God bless them a hundred times fold. Because they stepped up, stepped in, and showed out. When I was at my breaking point, when I was at my weakness, they stepped in. And I had to call uh, Fat Boy first because he was the best stepdad ever. Ever. In the way that he taught him and showed him things, how honest he was with him. And um, so I had to call his name. Um, and of course my brother Boo Man. You know, I pray that God bless these guys a hundred times fold. I could not have made it without them. I could not be at the you know, at the comfort level that I am now without them. So I had to call their names. I wanted to tell them thank you. Um, I didn't want this to be no more than twenty minutes, but I just wanna talk I just wanted to talk about coping. With a, a, a you know a um a loved one that's incarcerated, and just remember, guys. Number one, do not abandon your loved one. Number two, please pray for understanding. Number three, get all of the um the madness and the, try to get that out of your heart. Support your loved one the best that you can, and communicate with them. That's really all they need. To help them maintain and to make them keep to help them keep their sanity, you know, while they serving time. Don't turn on them. And I always remember to be thankful for the support system. Be thankful for the village of people. You know, if you have a support system. I'm blessed to have a support system. Some people don't even have a support system. So I, I just thank God for a support system. So y'all just please keep this in mind. I'm not ashamed. At all. I'm not to blame. At all. It took me a long time to get here. But. God. I always say in my podcast. I talk a whole lot of stuff. And I talk about a whole lot of stuff. But one thing about me. There is definitely a spiritual side. What I do on Instagram. I mean I'm a comedian. I, I do what I do. I like to make people laugh. You know, I like to talk about things that I know people like to talk about, people like to hear about, people like to read. But this is serious. 
And I just, you know, if, if anybody is dealing with this right now, you know, just listen to this podcast. And see, once you get to this level, it makes it easy on both parties. You know, just take out the negative. Enough negative shit have already been done. Your loved one is behind the walls. That's enough negativity right there in itself. So you may as well get over it and try to pray and get through it. But don't turn your back on them. That's the worst thing you can do. Ebony has spoken. Thank you all for joining Ebony Speaks. How to deal with a loved one that's incarcerated. Y'all have a blessed day and have a safe holiday. And please drink responsibly. Peace out, good people. Hey, good evening, good evening. What's up, everybody? Um, I want to talk about how to cope with having an incarcerated loved one. And uh, before I even get started, I want to start off by saying thank you to our whole entire village. Thank you so much to my family and my close friends for wrapping your loving arms around us and supporting us during this time. Um, This uh, experience for me has been really, really weird. It has been um, complicated at times, uh, sad at times, this might sound weird but comforting at times um and in the beginning of this I honestly did not think I would be able to cope with this mentally um it wasn't nothing really new to me because I've had, you know, family members incarcerated or whatever, but it kind of hit different, you know, when it's someone extremely close to you, uh, like your child. And um, I have beat myself over the head like so much during this time, you know, just trying to figure out you know, where did I go wrong? Um, and just kind of blame myself for everything. Like, it was just such a dark, dark time. Um, you know, in the beginning of in the beginning of this process, and how I dealt with um, my loved one being incarcerated is uh, number one. As the person on the outside, no matter how bad the situation looks, no matter how bad the situation is, you gotta go ahead and get that pissivity, being pissed off or being mad at them, you gotta go ahead and get that out of your system. Because being pissed off at them, being mad at them, holding grudges, abandoning them, that is not gonna help 
the situation. And my outlook on this is, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what they did. What matter is, they are now paying their debts to society. And, you know, as a family member, I don't think it's good that um, we punish them more. If, if that makes sense. I mean, they're already incarcerated, paying their debts to society. Um, and then the people they lean and depend on for love and for support, then we also punishing them again. I think that's the wrong thing to do. So first of all, you got to get that, that, get all of the, the get all the pissed off, get, get all the pissivity, as I call it, get it out your system. It may take you some months, but that's okay. Get it out your system. Get it off your shoulder, okay? And you got to go in deep prayer, and you got to stay prayed up. You got to pray for your sanity, and you got to pray for the sanity of your loved one. You got to cover them in prayer. You got to say their name. You got to pray for them extra hard, okay? But you got to pray for yourself in the process. So we're going to get all the negativity out of our system. We're going to cover the entire family and the person that's incarcerated. We're going to cover them in prayer. The third thing is, there has to be a level of understanding on both sides. As the person, um, the person that's incarcerated has to understand that the people on the outside, we can't answer the phone all the time. We can't send money all the time. We can't buy packages all the time. We can't add minutes to phones, phone cards all the time. It's a lot of things that the people on the outside, because we are actually like living a real life out here. And we'll not be accessible and available to do things every single time that the person that's incarcerated wants us to do them. But you do your best to support, and they have to understand that. And what we have to understand is we're their only like lifeline to support and to love, you know, to the outside world that they can depend on. Um, so we have to understand it from that standpoint as well. So a level of understanding has to take place between the two. Okay. And um, this situation was so hard and it was so weird for me because <clears throat> my brother was just being released from prison. And right after he was being released, in the process of being released, my son got into some trouble. So it was almost like they bypassed each other. And it was just like a double dagger. Like, and I was so hurt. And I was so confused and I was so, I was so angry. And then in the same token, I was so scared. I was so nervous. I was so outside of myself. Like I can't even really put it into words. And that's why I said I cannot take credit for nothing because the support and the love 
that I had in those beginning stages and still got right now is what helped me to get stronger mentally and physically. It's what helped me to be more understanding. Um, so I, I just have to get, I have to give credit to people that sincerely loved on us like no other. Now, for some people, it was very, very hard for them to deal with. And for some people, we were like, okay, we in it. Let's deal with it. You know, let's do our best to cope with this and get this over with. And I just can't put into words how grateful and how thankful I am. So, and, and before I end this podcast, um, you know, I have to call a few people by name. Um, that has truly um, been there for my son from start all the way up until now. Okay? Because like I said, it's not over. But um, I just had somebody to, they're in the beginning stages. Um, They are not doing well with this. And they said they didn't know how to approach me or didn't know how to ask ask me. But for months now, they just been wanting to talk to me. And just to get some tips and some pointers on, um, you know, how to deal with this. And, and this is the advice that I gave to them. Like, I mean, right now, as a family member, the only thing you can do is love them, support them, be a listening ear, try not to be so judgmental. You know, you just got to be there for them. Because being mad at them and you still trying to wonder why, baby, it's over. The trial is over. The sentencing have begun. Paperwork has been signed. So all the why, when, and what's. It doesn't matter anymore. Now you gotta pray for this person's safety. You gotta love on this person. You gotta communicate with this person. You gotta write this person letters. You know, depending on where they are, try to go and visit. Um, you know, and, and try to make sure they are. Um, they try to make sure they have what they need. Because the last thing you want them to be doing is borrowing and all that barter and trade. You don't want you don't want that to happen, you know. And like I said, all the times you're not gonna be able to do it, but try to do what you can when you can. Okay. And for the the person that's incarcerated, they got to be understanding as well. You cannot get mad. You know what I'm saying? When things are going when things are going your favor. So it just it's a it's a to me my personal opinion it's a two way street in every aspect of coping with the loved one that's incarcerated. It's a two way street. Cause baby, I have went I have clicked off like a light bulb, not giving a fuck about his situation. Wait, I not I have clicked off, and so have he. But see, 
once we got to that level of understanding, you know, it kind of helped us to, like, our communication got better. Um, you know, and I, I you know, just got, I, I, now I understand, you know, how things work, how things operate. And see, I, I understand that because he communicated that to me. You know, so I had to I open my mind, open myself up to understand what he was going through. You know, so I can understand when he start acting a certain way, I automatically know something is wrong. Like I know when he having a good day. I know when he having a bad. I just know these things. I mean, but that's because I loved and I supported. I mean, I had to suck it up. I had to deal with it. I was ashamed in the beginning. I felt like a failure. I blamed myself. Like all, it, it was so many things going through my mind in the beginning. And that's gonna happen. But it's only one thing that we, especially we as black people, we cannot abandon our loved ones when they are incarcerated. And I'm not glorifying, justifying, minimizing, wrongdoing, committing crimes. I'm not doing none of that. What I'm saying is, okay, it happened. But but the one thing we cannot do is abandon our loved ones. You got to show them that you are still there for them, but you are not a pushover. You know, you don't have no sympathy, but you are there for them. And I think that helps them to try and go ahead and get that time over with. You know, but they're sitting in there with nobody, with nothing, you know, no phone calls, no letters, no visitations, no money, no nothing. I mean, that would drive a person crazy. So, um, I was just sitting here thinking about that and how far I have come. Because I'm telling y'all, mentally, I didn't think I, I didn't think I was gonna make it through this. Sometimes I'd be like, I think I had a nervous breakdown, but I don't know if I had a nervous breakdown because I was just in a daze. I was in disbelief. I was in disbelief. I, I, I was in utter disbelief. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, all is well. Um, God is still good. God is still blessing. Um, and, and, I, and I believe this is, and it's going to stay that way. So just remember, please don't abandon your loved ones. Um, be there for them as best as you can. Um, and always show appreciation to the village of people, whether it's your family, your friends, your coworkers, anybody, you know, that's constantly praying for you, anybody that's constantly supporting, whether it be monetary or just whatever. Just just think that your support, just always be thankful for your support, your support system. Um, the first person that I would definitely have to thank God for is uh, Fat Boy. First of all, before my son even, you know, got in trouble or whatever, um, Fat Boy supported him 
Fat boy took care of him. I mean, just like the best stepdad ever. You know, their relationship in the beginning, uh, of course, I mean, I was a teenager, so it was a little rocky. Cause you know how teenagers hot-headed, you know, they don't damn listen. I mean, especially a, a, a male teenager. So in the beginning of our relationship, their relationship wasn't as solid as it is now. But their relationship, I mean, even before he got in trouble, they had a really, really, really strong, strong bond. And even um, when my son got in trouble, you know, his stepdad never turned his back on him. His stepdad made sure he had the best uh, lawyer in town. Um, He was at every court date, every court appearance. Whatever it was that he felt like needed to be done or needed to be said on uh, our son's behalf, he did that. So big, 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 big shout outs to you, fat boy, um, Josh. Um, I'm just so grateful and I'm so thankful um, for you, for the love that you have always shown toward, you know, to our son. So I have to thank you first. Um, and uh, secondly, I would have to thank uh, my brother who have, like this is my son's best friend. I always have been his best friend. Hell, they damn near identical twins. But my son has never called my brother for nothing and my brother didn't deliver. And I mean from start to finish. So, um, like it's just certain people I have to call them and those those two guys in particular, um, so grateful for them. And, you know, I just, I know I don't have to do this because they just feel like, I mean, you know, this, they, we family, but I just have to call their names. I just have to tell them thank you and let them know how much, you know, I love and appreciate them. I, I really do. Um, and I don't get along with them too all the time, but when it comes to this situation, I just pray that God bless them a hundred times fold because they stepped up, stepped in and showed out when I was at my breaking point, when I was at my weakness, they stepped in and I had to call uh, Fat Boy first because he was the best stepdad ever, ever in the way that he taught him and showed him things how honest he was with him and um, so I had to call his name um, and of course my brother Boo Man you know I pray that God bless these guys a hundred times fold I could not have made it without them I could not be at the you know at the comfort level that I am now without them so I had to call their names. I wanted to tell them thank you. Um, I didn't want this to be no more than 20 minutes, but I just want to talk. I just wanted to talk about coping with a, a, a you know, a, um, a loved one that's incarcerated. And just remember, guys, number one, do not abandon your loved one. Number two, please pray for understanding. Number three, get all of the um, the madness and the, try to get that out of your heart. Support your loved one the best that you can. And communicate with them. That's really all they need. 
to help them maintain and to make them keep to help them keep their sanity, you know, while they serving time. Don't turn on them. And I always remember to be thankful for the support system. Be thankful for the village of people. You know, if you have a support system. I'm blessed to have a support system. Some people don't even have a support system. So I, I just thank God for a support system. So y'all just please keep this in mind. I'm not ashamed at all. I'm not to blame at all. It took me a long time to get here. But God, I always say in my podcast, I talk a whole lot of stuff. And I talk about a whole lot of stuff. But one thing about me, there's definitely a spiritual side. What I do on Instagram, I mean, I'm a comedian. I I do what I do. I like to make people laugh. You know, I like to talk about things that I know people like to talk about, people like to hear about, people like to read. But this is serious. And I just, you know, if, if anybody is dealing with this right now, you know, just listen to this podcast. And see, once you get to this level, it makes it easy on both parties. You know, just take out the negative. Enough negative shit have already been done. Your loved one is behind the walls. That's enough negativity right there in itself. So you may as well get over it and try to pray and get through it. But don't turn your back on them. That's the worst thing you can do. Ebony has spoken. Thank you all for joining Ebony Speaks. How to deal with a loved one that's incarcerated. Y'all have a blessed day and have a safe holiday. And please drink responsibly. Peace out, good people.